Hello, everyone, and welcome to the La Leche del Arte Random Talks podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Pabon, here with co-host Yasmin Cáceres. Hello, everyone. And today, we have two very special ladies joining us. We have self-published authors, something I'm familiar with, Isabel Rojas Lopez of Parenting from Broken Pieces. Welcome. Thank you. And then we also have Michelle Manning, who wrote Finding My Way. Hello. So, I wanted to bring you ladies on to talk about these books because I, I, while I have not read them yet and I'm not claiming to like some people do, um, I will get to them. I can't What's tell you. I don't know about y'all, <laughs> but I have been interviewed by people who claim to have read the book and then you realize halfway through the interview they didn't. Oh, wow. So, I'm not going to embarrass myself or Yaz, but we will let the ladies introduce, <laughs> we'll let the ladies introduce their stories um, and tell us a little bit more about the books. So, which one of you wants to go first? I'll go first. This uh, is Michelle speaking, Michelle. y'all. Talking about Finding My Way. Finding My Way is a memoir which I wrote in my head backwards, but in print. It's in chronological order. And how my journey started is I was diagnosed with depression, PTSD, anxiety. I was rock bottom, felt hopeless, didn't want to live anymore. Thought it was the stuff around me, it was my husband, it was my marriage, it was the infidelity, went to therapy. Turns out that I wasn't perfect, like I thought I was walking into therapy. Mm -hmm. I'm not the problem, everybody else is. Oh man, (laughs) pay attention folks, because a lot of you are running out here spilling and blaming everybody else. Preach, Michelle, keep going. So after two years of therapy, then I was recommended to a psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. which that's where I got the diagnosis, the medications. Didn't want to take the medication, I'm going to figure out how I'm going to solved this by myself went back to therapy did another two years so that's four years of therapy Mm -hmm. i found out that the anger the resentment the hopelessness that i was feeling was me not dealing with my childhood traumas Mm. and because i never learned or wasn't loved as a child and i'm a product of child neglect Mm -hmm. and a product of domestic violence in my home and in the relationships that I had. What's your background, Michelle? Where are you from? Like, Latina. I know you're Latina, Puerto Rico. Yeah, Puerto Rico also. Coming from being Puerto Rican, talk about it. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I came here from Puerto Rico at six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you pronounce your last name? Manon. That's Manon. my marriage name. Oh, okay. I was telling her earlier, I had like a black so woman in my reading? head that's like, it's Manon. And, um, I started unpacking my suitcase and I didn't even know I had a suitcase but the therapist would guide me and ask me these questions and I'm like why do you ask me about my mom mom, it doesn't matter I'm like who cares but it Mm -hmm. does I learned that (laughs) I learned that oh what happened to your 14 your first experience yeah I was with this person how was this person oh he was 26 there's something wrong with that it was just my boyfriend I didn't think there was anything wrong with anything I didn't think I had a problem with my mom I thought everything that was happening to me was normal it was my normal Mm. But um, I learned that there was a lot of things that I had to deal with. I confronted my mom. She didn't accept what I was coming to her with. Of course. So I dealt with it on my own. Yeah. Still kept unpacking Like most my of us do, right? And, you know, it's, it's important what you're talking about. It, it, a lot of us come from broken backgrounds, right? Parenting from broken pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. But really, you know, identifying traumas and being able to acknowledge that you have been through certain things that were were creating this person that was spilling onto life, right? Mm-hmm. And so you did the work, 
four years of it, which is great. You got like a bachelor's in receiving therapy. Uh, but most of us need that, right? Some of us need a master's and a PhD in receiving therapy because there's so much as a lifetime, like you were saying, of trauma. And we come from, if you come from like me, you know, Latino backgrounds, we come from parents that are like, I'm going to give you a shit show for a base, but then when you grow up all fucked up, I'm going to tell you, boy, no sea tan loca, you know what I mean? Or like, well, you know, I'm going to judge you and it's like, you know, there's something wrong with you because you're a product of your environment, essentially, you know? So what else can we find out? Uh, what else would you say is covered in there that you want to share before we... I shared... My self-care, I decided to change my complete diet. I changed my rituals. I started meditating. I started doing yoga. I started going to the gym. I learned that sweating it out for 15, 30 minutes in the gym made me feel great. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't do it, I was depressed. Yes. Depression sunk in. Yes. So those things worked for me. But everybody has to find what works for them. Right. Because it doesn't work for everybody. And you have to learn to forgive even if I don't hear the, the acceptance from you or you forgive me it's just I forgive you I'll let it go you didn't you, right, you don't need it. somebody's approval to move exactly. on exactly yeah, I moved on that's important because if you don't do that right, a lot of us are running around mad at people yes right. Yes. and that takes a lot of energy it does it takes your energy you mad at someone and they're happy living and life and somewhere else in the world and, and we're and in the dark corner yeah, yeah you know someone said to me once and that shit stuck with me for life and I pass this on to all of you listening you know being mad at someone is like drinking poison and expecting someone yes. else to die Amen. you know and so you're sitting there dealing with your own toxicity and you think you've proven something to someone else but you really harming your body you're mm -hmm. really harming your mind and then that's coming off in your energy and you're spilling onto other people it right does. all right so that's 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 a slight little synopsis of finding my way i'm sure there's a lot more in there but for the sakes <laughs> and purposes of having everybody get some space in this authorpreneurship circle <laughs> um we have also isabel rojas here with parenting from broken pieces which Hi, for isabel. me says a lot in the title right mm -hmm. but tell us more about that so parenting thank you for having me well, thank um, you for coming. So, Parenting from Broken Pieces is more like a self-help book to navigate your parent. I mean, from the title, brokenness, right? So, I grew up in a lot of brokenness. And like we were just discussing, coming from a Latino household, right? Um, that stuff is not talked about, right? That's just the norm. And then when you start to look at other people's families, you're like, wait, yeah. we didn't have dinner at the table. Mm -hmm. We didn't have these conversations. Everything mm -hmm. was a threat. Everything was this. So. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Do this or I'm going to bust oh, your yeah. ass. <laughs> There's no conversation, so we kind of grow up, and then now we, you know, had a child late in life. I was 33 when I first had my daughter, so when I had her, it was just like something like I was scared of her when I first had her, because I went into postpartum depression. Because now I realized that everything that I experienced as a child, now I'm responsible for this little life that I don't want to, to have the same to, to be that. exposed right. to what I came from. Right. And, um, you know, and even in talking to a lot of moms, I came across a lot of moms that thought that you have to be perfect. Social media has the same, we have to have the same outfits, we have to do this for our kids, we have to do this. Front we have to put it grand. on, yes, running for the gram all the time. And you put a lot of pressure on other moms when you do that. And we're all guilty of it as parents, you know? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just really basically for me was letting you know that it's okay to come from brokenness and still be a good mom. Even if you didn't have that role model, um, I didn't have the perfect mom. Um, and I wanted to change that with my daughter, have open communication. Um, and also, you know, I was that mom, that overprotective mom, because as I disclosed in the book, I was sexually abused at the age of eight. 
and never talked about it and lived with that for so long. And then I started to notice certain things, like when my daughter first started daycare, I would check her diaper every day when she'll come home. So it was just like, you know, I even my husband, which is not traditional, my husband stood home for the first year while I went to work. So we kind of reversed those roles because in my career it was more it was easier for me to go to work. It was better the benefits and everything else. And that kind of, you know, had me looking at myself like, wait, you this is not you healthy. Got, this is not healthy. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is not healthy. So. It's good that you were able to identify that, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of the things that we deal with as kids, some of us just kind of grow so up. Unaware. And we're like, right, we're looking at everybody else like you're trying to harm my child. You know, and these these may be innocent people that are interacting. The poor daycare people, right? Mm-hmm. We're just providing yes. daycare, but you know, there's balance to it. We're we're taught like you know you got to be careful and you can't trust anyone, right? Mm-hmm. Which means yeah. trust yeah. issues. Right. Right. My mom yeah. said this yeah. day, she like, yeah. 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 I always took you with Mind me. Like you. I never left you with anyone. No, and then like, you, your kids become anxious, right? Guilty. Yes, and then your kids will start having issues themselves because now you built this. This wall mm-hmm. for them, and now how do they how do they live when you're not around anymore? Yeah, so. absolutely right. And I, I, something else you said that's really important for parents that are listening out there. I really, really implore you all to be the role model you wish your child to be. You cannot have an adultist look up the definition of adultism because I can almost guarantee you, if you're a person of color, you come from an adultist parenting kind of uh, structure and so what that is is do as I say not as I do and that doesn't work (laughs) that doesn't work right it doesn't work because what you're doing is you're smoking the cigarette and you're telling your kids not to smoke but nine times out of ten they're going to grow up to be a smoker because you're teaching them that when you're stressed you go smoke a cigarette when you're happy you go smoke a cigarette when I'm using the analogy of smoking is not to attack smokers but you can't be mad at your kid for going up to smoke when all you did was light up Newports around them their whole life. And another thing is, yeah, you're projecting. Like, when you're angry and you haven't done the work with yourself, mm-hmm. like you said, therapy and anything like that, you're yelling at them, you you're, them just, you, you're lashing out at them. It trickles down. Yeah, I've caught Which myself in those teaches episodes. kids how to deal with stress. Yeah. Right? And anger. So and when anger. your kid goes to school and starts screaming at people mm-hmm. or fighting other kids, Gee, I wonder why that is. Right, so. they don't know how to process stress. Mm-hmm. All that you've done is showed them this is how you do it. You scream and holler, go light a cigarette or whatever it is that you do to deal with your stressors, right? Whenever you're triggered, we all have our ways of dealing with that. And if you're not sitting down, oming and meditating, you're probably doing what most people of color do and teaching your, yeah, you're doing either substance Mm -hmm. using or blaming or defending and projecting and all of the defense mechanisms that we have. Right. Of course. You know, I, I, really really take note for especially for young parents out there for those of you who are having kids and taking the leap before you even got a chance to know how to wipe your ass yet yes i said it <laughs> then you really got to do double the work you got to get your like i said phd in I receiving have a therapy that says, i had a, i had a child before i had an orgasm because she had a kid really young so it's like yeah. Yeah. right and then you know you, you want to be in the club when you're like you're tired of being a parent, but you should have went to the club before you got pregnant. But right, then, yep. we're not judging and anybody. And then you're probably you at risk because Just now saying. you're going to the club and you're probably, and I'm not judging anybody, please. Right. But we got to be careful because you want to have fun and then you're not really realizing who you're leaving your children yep. with. Right. And, now and then also if you're teaching, you're teaching your kids how to have fun with the ways that you have fun, everything you do is just being absorbed. 
Something else also, because I mean, I know you, I don't know if you touched this or not, but from parenting, one of the things that I learned is that the first seven years of our lives is absorption, right? Everything from one to seven Mm -hmm. is just being absorbed. What you say, how you do, what your do's and don'ts, elbows on the table, thank yous, please, you're welcome, all of the mannerisms we're taught, it's all embedded. Mm -hmm. And that shit goes with you for the rest of your life. Like you were saying earlier, Michelle, Mm -hmm. you learned that all of the ways you were being came from your childhood. And you had no idea. Not realizing that they weren't. I had no idea at all. I thought it was normal. So I met Isabel uh, at the taping of the DSN show. She was being interviewed at the same time that I was being interviewed. And then she read my book and she loved it and recommended it to to Michelle, who Mm. loved it. And then we got in touch and now we're all in touch uh, (laughs) as entrepreneurs with powerful stories, right? We all happen to be Latino, but this, you know, bondship is not exclusive to Latinos. I think it's the human experience of mm-hmm. growing up from fucked up backgrounds. Yeah, I think anyone can really and trying to make sense of it's that. It's crazy right? because when I read your book, I had no idea, right? And I'm sitting here with you ladies and your energy is so warm and so beautiful. You would never yeah. think that you went through yeah. everything that you went through. So I just want to give you a little applause. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the power of resilience. And resilience, right? And for those of you who don't know what resilience is, it's the ability to bounce back in simple terms. And I Mm -hmm. use the rubber band analogy that they use when I learned it in counseling school. Resilience, the amount of resilience a person has is like when you're stretching a rubber band. Every time you put on a rubber band, it has the ability to Mm -hmm. bounce back without snapping. Some of us will snap on Mm -hmm. the first pull, Mm -hmm. and that's the level of resilience, unfortunately, we had. And some of us can be stretched repeatedly, but always bounce back to ourselves. So to be mindful that, like you said, yes, when you're going around in the world, we're we're surrounded by people who come from broken pieces, who mm-hmm. are trying to find their way, right? Who are trying to rise in December. She I love that. No, I just wanted to touch on that. Like even like we are in this room, like us meeting, we're supposed to be statistics, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be with everything that we went through. And even when I read your book, I mean, I said it to you, I couldn't put it down. I was drawn to it. Like, I, I read it, it and day. I said, yes. I was, yeah. on couch. I was at work <laughs> taking two-hour lunches. Oh, God. And I was reading For those it. of you, that was not Isabel who said that. That was Michelle. And it was just like... And, I, if, and if you work with Michelle, that wasn't Michelle. That was me. <laughs> and it was like, oh, my God, how resilient was yeah. Eddie? Like... Thank you. You got put in so many from... The beginning. One thing after the next. You know, from one thing, like, I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And then, you know, when you went through, you know, for you to say, you know, and, and I thought it was it, it clever of you when you, you know, I don't want to give too much for the book because if people didn't read it, yeah. but when you were talking about how you said you, you thought to get out and you were going to go back to your mom if you if you claimed the mental illness, right? Oh, yeah. And they put you, and now that created a whole nother world for you. And I'm like, oh my God, something else that he has to go through. You know, that was just like, you were the rubber band. You were the example of that rubber band right now. Let me tell you, when my rubber band don't snap, that shit burned back together, taped back together. All right? I'm here, though, babe. That's what I felt with the book. I was like, like, 
the Elton John song, I'm still standing. <laughs> <laughs> My shit been recycled and put back in the factory for reconstruction. But you know what? At the end of the day, like you, Here Michelle, you are. like you were saying, yes, we are here. And, you know, we, I aim to empower. And the reason why I brought these ladies on is because they're not, not just because they're also self-published authors, but because they're on a mission. And we I resonate with that mission. And that's to take what we went through from the past and start conversations around difficult topics and empower others to find the whys of why they are the way they are and why it is that they're experiencing, you know, clinically significant mm -hmm. impairment, as we would say in counseling, mm -hmm. in major life areas by, you know, failure to fulfill major role obligations or having interpersonal mm -hmm. relationship issues, mm -hmm. trust issues. Or intimacy issues. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I raised my siblings as as you mm -hmm. as you read about in the book, and one of the things that I learned was that I thought I was perfect, and I thought I was providing them everything that I didn't have. And while we have a little bit of an age gap, you know, my youngest sister is about twelve years younger than me. A lot of the stuff that you read about, she wasn't born into yet, right. mm -hmm. and so there's no recollection there. And so while I'm thinking I'm saving, quote unquote, mm -hmm. in my mind, these kids from repeating past traumas. They're looking at me like, why are you about? so overprotective? Right. You mass yes. stress for no reason. Yeah. You stressing Annoying. dumb shit. Yeah. I was mm -hmm. never hit. Well, what you mean you was hit? You know, and it created, mm -hmm. it actually created a little bit of a, a, a rift between me and some of my siblings because they feel like, you know, what I experienced is contrast to what they experienced. Mm -hmm. And I imposed my safety net on them and I tried to control everything mm -hmm. over time. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I only knew how to parent the way I was taught, which mm -hmm. was... Don't do as I, I do, do as I say, and when I'm mad, what the fuck? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Go on, yo, That's I hate shit. Yeah, so I'm over here spilling my traumas, thinking yeah. I'm healing and helping, and I really built, you know, unfortunately, some bad relationships with some of my siblings. That wasn't my intention, but for them, I'm thinking I was a hero, and to some of them, it was like, nigga, you damaged me, like, you know? Yeah. And that's something that I've had to bear with, so I always say to everyone to be, to make sure you do the work on yourself, you know? I think maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, ladies. That's pretty much a part of what some of the messages you share, mm -hmm. which is, you know, I've done the work, and I've acknowledged this is what I come from, and I'm sharing this with you, and hopefully you can do the work as well, and... and, and Get into the same space of empowering others, mm -hmm. healing past past transgressions, living in the now, and building a positive future. And but doing the work is not saying you did the work. Because you could say you're doing the work mm -hmm. and you can act like you're doing the work. But when you're sitting at home alone and you're still broken and you're still struggling with friendships and relationships with boyfriends or girlfriends and with your wife and your husband... The work is not done. And it's a part of the human experience to go through stuff, right? But like you're absolutely right. You, you know when you're faking the funk, when mm -hmm. you know somebody can say something to you and you're ready to fly off the handle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Self-control. It all comes with your self-control. That's when you know you've done the work. Absolutely. When somebody tries to get you out of character, and trust me, <laughs> they will try. Those days <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> and you have to pray, and you have to, you know, whatever, meditate, do whatever it takes, whatever you believe in, to heal and, and to heal yourself. Because I went to a conference, and I heard this one author, and she was amazing. And her message, which I still keep saying it to everybody, and I know I'm going to probably drive people crazy, is you, if you are, when you're writing books, when you're doing podcasts, when you're doing these things, right, and you're talking about healing, like you said, and you haven't done the work, you're bleeding on people, right? Mm -hmm. You're pretending, oh, I'm healed, I'm this, you know, and, and, and shameful, another shameful plug, I have the She Heals book with these 12 women, and that was something that I stressed, you know, 
If you haven't done that work, we can't go in front of people and say, I want to empower you, but yet I'm still being catty or I'm still being this. You have to make sure that you're being authentic because people pick up on that. Mm -hmm. People know when you phone me. They'll be like, yo, whatever. Uh, They know. They know it. That energy, energy doesn't lie. Mm -hmm. Energy does not lie. Trust me. It's true. Your energy doesn't lie. Mm -hmm. Your energy energy introduces you. I say this a lot in a lot of my motivational talks. If any of you have ever been to any of my speaks, you know I say this without fail. Your energy introduces you the moment mm-hmm. you walk into a room. You don't have to say before anything. Speak, yeah. Before you speak, people are on to you. And when you speak, if you're full of shit, people are on oh, to yeah. you. Like, yeah, she came in and I was like, my kind of girl. <laughs> she came in. <laughs> I was like, my kind of girl. She curses. I love it. <laughs> even before she even came in the room, I said, look at her. You know, one of the things that uh, I think comes up for me really quickly in the, in the midst of what we're talking about is the reality, folks. You know, I didn't learn until I became a counselor in counseling school about pre-contemplation. Uh, and what that is is that there are stages of change, right? There's mm-hmm. pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance. And then, of course, there's relapse where you, where you may or may not repeat the old behavior mm-hmm. you're trying to change. It's used a lot in substance use counseling. But the point that I'm trying to make is pre-contemplation is a stage where you don't know that you don't know. <laughs> so a lot of y'all are running around here claiming to be walking on water and knowing that you know, but you really don't have any clue. Right. So, please do the work. Ask a friend or family member if they feel like you're healed up enough to be doing this work. Or if you need any feedback otherwise, go somewhere else and just talk to your friends about how they feel about you. You'll learn a lot about yourself that you can't get from just looking in the mirror Mm -hmm. with your blinders on. So, for those of you who are pre-contemplative out there, do the work. Get to it. Pick up parenting from broken pieces, finding my way, and the sun will rise in December. December. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So one of the things we're working on, I want to announce to our uh, listeners, is we don't have a secure date yet. um, And we're looking for a great venue to fit all the vendors. So we have a few vendors on board already. Uh, but we're looking to do a self-published author event. So if you know anyone who's self-published, who's looking for an opportunity to be a part of a panel talking about trauma, healing, mental health, and you know, getting past... And giving advice also on the whole self-publishing world. Yes. So, and, and the ins and outs of being an entrepreneur, which is yeah. hell. I don't recommend oh, yeah. this shit for anybody <laughs> who isn't built for this. You have to be built for it. Um, but so keep, you know, keep on the lookout on our Instagrams and stuff, which I'll give you the social media information in a second, but we're going to be doing an entrepreneurship event talking about, you know, where we come from, where we're at, talking about being an author. We invite you to either be a part of the panel, be a part of the discussion in terms of being a community member involved. And of course, we're looking for vendors to be a part of the uh, participation, like if you provide food, if you want a table, if you are also an author and want to sell your book there, get in touch with me, get in touch with us. We'd love to have you a part of the event sometime in December of 2019. And as we speak now, we're in October. So please get in touch with us. There's plenty of time to be a part of this. You don't want to miss this. We're going to have some really engaging conversations with the community. And hopefully, if we can heal at least one person, mm-hmm. then the event will be a success. So 
Where can we find you, ladies, and your books? We'll start with Isabel yes, Rojas Lopez. <laughs> so my book, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or you can DM me. I also am working on getting my website back up. Yes, you can slide in her DM. Yeah. For the book, for the book. For the She's, book. Married. She's married. <laughs> so um, I'm on the <laughs> IG under Isabel the Author underscore, or you can find me on Facebook under She Heals. Awesome. And then Michelle <laughs> Manon. My book is on Amazon currently. I'm also working on my website. Mm -hmm. You can find me at author Michelle Manon. On Instagram? Yeah. And Facebook, just put my name, Michelle Manon. Okay. And that's Michelle with two L's, like my mama. Yeah. Aww. Something we have in common. Mm -hmm. And Manon is M-A-N-O-N. Mm -hmm. uh, is there anything imparting for anyone who's else? I'll give you each a chance to answer this. Uh, and you can take who you can decide whoever goes first. For just for those who are listening, who may be parenting from broken pieces, who may be trying to find their way, what advice would you give someone listening aside from join our mental health panel discussion that we're going to be announcing soon? <laughs> uh, in terms of finding their way, so I guess I'll start with you, Michelle. What um, would you say to someone who's spilling, who's having interpersonal relationship issues, who feels like life is just beating them up, and may benefit from finding their way? Uh, for me, it would be to realize that it's okay to not be okay and to ask for help even if you feel ashamed, embarrassed, you feel like nobody, you think nobody's going through the situation you're going through. There is someone out there going through something, something similar, maybe not as bad as yours, but you have to find someone you can reach out to and talk to. There's always somebody. And if that somebody can help you, they'll find somebody else that can help you. But don't feel like, oh, I'm having a rough patch right now and I'm depressed. This is it. It isn't it. It's just right now. Mm -hmm. There's more. It's just this is right now. You just got to get over this right now mm -hmm. and everything will work out. But it's okay to not be okay. Yes. We got the stigma that it's not, if you're not okay, oh my God, something's mm -hmm. wrong with you. Everybody's going through something. We're just not talking about it. Right. Mm. <clears throat> and remember... You can read about it and find my ways on Amazon.com and at my uh, Instagram at author Michelle Manning. There you go. That's cute. You can slide me a DM too. Yeah. I'm married too. Slide in Michelle's DM. I don't know if she's married yeah, or not. I'm married too. She's, she's married too, so don't slide in it too yeah, much. Slide. 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 So what I'm going to say is there's no perfect way to be a parent. Just be a parent. Just be a mom, just be a dad with whatever, work with the tools that you have. Because our kids are not looking at the Jordans that we're buying them, the Yeezys. They just want our time and our attention. So it's great to give them all these great things. I'm not downplaying it. I'm not being a hypocrite. You know, I like to buy my daughter nice things. However, while she was little, you know, spending time with her, I give some tips in the book, Parenting from Broken Pieces, where you can find an Amazon and Barnes and Nobles yes. of ways to... Go in and either do things when there isn't money. Find mm -hmm. Facebook uh, parenting groups, things of that nature. There's so many free events in our community. Just mm -hmm. when you're there, put the phone down when you're with your kids. Yes. And just be in the moment. Yes, That's you keep it. inspiring so many things that I want to say. So, you were mentioning about uh, making sure that you're parenting effectively and not just by showing a monetary mm -hmm. uh, game. Right. Folks, please. It kills me when broke people are buying their kids sneakers, but their rent is not paid. Right. Take those $90 that you would have put into Jordan's. You know, he doesn't need your money, honey. Put it into a fucking 
uh, uh, stock bond something for your kid. Your kid, 19 years later, will thank you for putting that $90 away every time you go to do that. You will teach them about saving money instead of spending. You will teach them the value of a dollar. And you will teach them how to value more in life than just how they look. There's a lot of people looking like a million bucks but don't have a dollar to eat or a character to support the raising of the dollar to eat. There's nothing. They're empty vessels looking pretty and shiny and just as everything white turns gray and black eventually from all the dirt, life is just beating them up and they have nothing to offer anyone or themselves but pretty Jordans. Yes, and I wanted to add to that really quickly. We got to stop teaching our kids how to have that consumer mentality. Yes. I always tell my daughter, if you can't afford those sneakers, if you can't afford the stock, you can't afford those sneakers. Buy them a little piece of stock for their birthday. $20. You could buy stock for so cheap. Yes. And they're going to thank you. You just put it away. By the time they hit 18, 19, I wish my mother would have done that for me. Trust me. I think we should have more I got people that talking idea. about that because I got... a lot of people don't know about oh, that. In the 529 college plan, you could start it with $25. Listen. Financial literacy is something that's so foreign to people of color. Yeah, it's a shame. It and unfortunately, the only example that we get from the media is how to spend our money. Yes. And all they're doing is putting billions of dollars into pushing products to us. Right. Because they know that we have dollars to spend. Teach your kids to put that money away mm-hmm. for a rainy day. And by the time they're 18 years old, guess what? You won't have to pay for them to go to college. Because yes. that shit is already there. Okay? Well, if they that's, don't want, yeah, if they choose not to and they want to go off and, and do other things, there's money there. But... Again, I mean, listen, I say college, I... I, I whatever I, it yeah, is. whatever it is you, They're not going to be do. a financial burden to you, baby, because you did the work yeah. 19 years ago. And they don't have the student loans. Trust me, mm. I am a person that has student loans me coming too. out. They, God knows where. Trust me, start saving that money for them. They, w- they will thank you later. They will thank you later. So I think we should have a more parent... Is What I'm getting from this is that <laughs> since we're running out of time, um, before we go, we should probably commit to doing another one of these later on in life. Um, maybe before we have the next event so we can let you all know when it's being planned for and where but I would really like to talk more about parenting because I think parenting is the reason why we're here is the reason why the future generations will be here and the level of parenting quality that's being given is going to determine how we get to retire either Mm -hmm. in peace or in war so so with that being said I want to thank you ladies for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. thank you. I look forward to working with y'all and empowering the community. Make sure to follow these ladies. And remember, Yaz doesn't feel good, I'm y'all. Sorry. So if you get sick from listening to this, it's not our fault. I'm giving you cooties. So, <laughs> so with that being said, thank you for joining us. Until next time, always know that you are filled with immense light, love, and potentiality. Do the work and the miracles will unfold. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.